Have you been on podcasts before? Is this like your hundredth podcast? Or you're like, oh, I know how to do this. I, I'm I'm okay. I'm well versed in it, but I'm I'm open to any suggestions you have for sure. All right. Well, I, I don't have any suggestions except to try to make bad dad jokes. Liana always makes fun of me for that. But, you know, hey, I don't know what else to do at this point. It's just too ingrained. I'm with you. I just told my kids three before they went to school this morning. So, yep. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Make It, Move It, Sell It. On this podcast, I talk with company leaders about how they're modernizing the business of making, moving, selling products. And of course, having fun along the way. I'm your host, Adam Honig, the CEO of Spiro.ai. We make amazing AI software for companies in the supply chain, but we are not talking about that today. Instead, today, we're talking with Alex Reinemann, president of Mountain Leverage, the hands-free, eye-free company. And what that basically means is for distribution centers and other areas like manufacturing, they use voice-enabled workflow technology to help them be more productive. Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate you having me on. Great to be here. Tell us a little bit about voice-enabled workflow technology. What the heck does that mean? (laughs) It's a mouthful, literally, right? So really what we're talking about is taking voice and applying it in a way. We all grew up in some kind of voice exchange. So we're taught our our first things and and how to do this and do that, what not to do. And so what what this really is, is taking that kind of natural interface and applying it into a work process. And so for instance, you know, you can look at a warehouse where uh, somebody today is maybe picking using a scan gun or even potentially a, a piece of paper that tells them to go where the product is and how much to get. And then picking that, maybe that, that's ultimately going to get shipped to your house or to a, another distribution center, whatever it is. But instead of the worker looking at the device or at the paper, we actually voice enable. So we say, go to aisle 15 and pick up you know three cans of beans or whatever slot it is and get this item. When they get there, the part of the beauty of this is their hands are free, their eyes are free. So it's a safety issue. That if they're driving a forklift or anything like that, they're not looking at a screen. And once they get there, they don't take their eyes off the work. When they get to the right location, they're looking at the location the whole time. They're grabbing the product. They're putting it away and they're moving on to the next thing as opposed to interacting with a device where maybe they're shifting focus, grab out of the wrong bin, even if they scan the right bin. There's all kinds of things like that. So it's a back and forth conversation from the, the system to the user and then back to the user. And then that data gets updated to whatever host system is running that workflow. So I'm kind of hearing Siri, but for people who are in a distribution center, like, hey, Adam, go pick this thing and put it over there and sort of a way to keep your hands busy, which a lot of these guys, you know, and it's mostly guys, I would say, are dealing with in a distribution center or a factory floor or something like that. It is like that. So it's surprising the diversity in a warehouse. You'd be shocked. It's all kinds of walks of life and, and uh, ages and everything. But I, I'll tell you what's interesting, you know, so if you had to use Siri and, and the, look, Siri, Google Voice, all those guys have gotten a lot better. But man, if you had to use that for an eight to 10 hour shift or whatever, you would want to throw your head through the brick wall. So this is, it's a little bit different from a technology perspective based around accuracy. So you're not having to repeat yourself a ton. It's not very wordy. I mean, you don't want to have a long conversation on the way to pick an item, right? It's, it's kind of quick. It helps pace the work. And what I really love about it. So yeah, I mean, obviously when you hear about productivity and accuracy savings, it's great for the company. So the customer itself, that they love that. It's just a way for them to save money and make sure they're being accurate. But from a worker perspective, the worker satisfaction, those jobs are tough. I mean, they're, they're, they're demanding physically and also they can be kind of mind numbing. And when you have something that can help pace you in a great way and some of that, you can put gamification around it if you want to do that. But the worker satisfaction goes up on this stuff. And that's really important in today's job market. Yeah, no, I can imagine. I mean, I, in talking with people, I'm hearing turnover has gotten really high. 
you know, in a lot of these facilities. And so I would imagine even from like a training perspective, this kind of solution might be very helpful to people. For sure. I mean, obviously, if you have somebody who knows about all the function keys and various things on a scanner or whatever else, then those people can translate pretty well from site to site, but it's ramp up time. And so with voice, you walk in again, we've all been using that interface from day one. It's a pretty simple process for sure. So sometimes people have trouble listening, as we know. Uh, how do they experience the solution? Are they wearing a headset or is it talking over a speaker or how does that happen? They are. There's various solutions out there. Some of them, you, you can hear it only from like a wrist, uh, wristband, so those kind of things. But when you're really optimally implementing voice, there, there is a speaker, there's a headset and, and a microphone that blocks out all the outside noise and all that. And it's a, it's a conversation that's pretty straightforward and, and very accurate. So you're not having a lot of repeat yourself or didn't hear this or didn't hear that or heard, heard the wrong bin. It's really important. And and I think when you when you look at that conversation and you go to the workforce, you mentioned you know, people having trouble holding on to people today. I think you know, there's all that whole conversation around this generation or this working generation. Some of that can be overblown, but the reality is across every generation, we all have interacted with voice and we can take that interaction. So this fits some of those or some folks might point to the younger generation needs this or needs that. Yeah, okay, fine. But they can have a conversation. And so it's a native in- interface for them to do their work. And then you can kind of pace in chunks, which certainly applies to many of the generations when you put all that together and start uh, trying to stereotype in that way. So you do have TikTok feeding into it occasionally just to keep the younger generation engaged with it, I see. Absolutely. It coordinates dance moves amongst the, the team members on the factory floor. Just, I love that. And what, you know, so can, can you tell us a little bit about about, you know, one of your customers, maybe like who who's a typical customer for this type of solution? I, I would say everybody listening now has ripped, has opened their fridge and pulled something out of it that has run across a voice system. So really all of your major grocers, your, most of your major retailers, all your distributors, a lot of the unknown cats that are in that supply chain model that people don't know the names of that really power things, right? And get things moved around the country and around the world. Those are the guys that are that are running voice for mission critical operations. I mean, they've got to get this stuff out on time. Never in a time in my career has supply chain been on the end of everybody's tongue. I mean, when the, when the pandemic hit and we had supply chain problems, now, I mean, my 12-year-old son will come home from school and say, we talked about supply chain at school today. It's crazy. So, so it is one of those things. It's just, it's right there in front of everybody's face. It's fantastic to be right in the middle of that. It's a neat technology. It is. But it's more so about the outcomes that it can bring in those operations and with these challenges today. A lot of things that we talk about on this podcast are around like supply chain agility. I wonder, you know, if using this approach, whether you're able to make the team more flexible too. like towards the end of the day, things change a little bit, different order of operations needs to occur. Is that is that part of what the use cases that people are seeing? Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, I can give an example. We, We were working with a customer that had an assembly line and they were... They, they had a couple stations along their assembly line. One was a, maybe a 30-minute station. There's a 60-minute station or the 30-minute station. And instead of having to employ three people, they can employ two and have one person flex from one to the other because voice can walk them through those steps. Uh, maybe you have a blow-up blow up graphic diagram that, you know, of what they need to assemble. You take that into the warehouse. If somebody moves from picking to potentially putting things away or receiving or whatever, they can just switch right then. And so it, it is a flexible technology. Not only that, when you look in a warehouse, is things change. And that's the only thing constant, right, is change. And so uh, the customer comes to the supplier and says, hey, we need to have these now in eaches as opposed to in a big case or whatever else. You don't have to like move a bunch of stuff, right? You just 
you tell the, the software, you send those orders down and the worker can just continue to work. It's really, really adaptable to what's going on in the operation. Yeah, no, I can definitely see how it makes the whole team just that much more flexible as they're dealing with with the day-to-day. Stepping back for a little bit, because you were working with a lot of companies in the supply chain. Things seem to be getting better. You seem to be getting worse. Everything's all kind of mixed up. I mean, what what's your take on like where the supply chain is today? So you're right. It is. It does seem to be getting a little better. I don't know how much that's just we're all have rosy, rosy colored glasses. We're looking for it to be better. But I, I, I sense it is at some point, but it's still a challenge. And I, I do think, I think this is an opportunity for any anybody running a business in this sector or, or elsewhere. The expectation is, of, well, of course, there's supply chain challenges. So we're all kind of facing those. So then it's, well, how do you still win? How do you bring the best to your customers? And you know, it's, it's, it's always has been. It's service. It's making sure you're bringing the right outcomes to your customers, regardless of the technology, regardless of what's available or not. But we are absolutely seeing it. Our customers are seeing it. They're all struggling with it. But it's interesting when the necessity is the mother of invention kind of thing. You're really seeing some companies come up with, with good strategies in their business. And one of the things that I really enjoy in working in distribution centers for years that often is the redheaded stepchild of, of the company. They don't get the focus from the head office and those kind of things. Now they are. They're getting a lot more focus, a lot more money. What is the problem? How can we help it? So it's good for the folks that we've worked with for all these decades that are actually getting some attention within their corporations to be able to solve the problems that they've run into on a daily basis. Because they have become the bottleneck at this point. And when it's on the front page of the newspaper, you know, it's, it's super hard to avoid. I mean, we've been seeing a lot of people investing in like predictive analytics for the supply chain, trying to figure out what's going to be coming down the pike for them. Like, how do they forecast accurately? We've been seeing customers loading up on inventory. We've been seeing customers skinnying down on inventory. It's just been all over the place. It's super interesting right now. It really is interesting. And that's one of the things we've enjoyed. Again, it's, it, it is about technology, but it's not. It's about outcomes ultimately, right? And so that's one of the things we see. A lot of data is coming through our system and how and we can present that in a way that brings insights to, to the customer in terms of true business decisions they can make off that data. It's huge. And so whether that's on the inventory side or on the workflow side or anything in between, um, there's some insights in that data. And I, I love that trend. I love that the kind of everybody's hopping on board with that. And you're seeing smarter and smarter solutions out there that aren't just giant, you know, remember the days of, oh, I'd see this giant report and it's just, it's a, it's a business intelligence report. It's like I'm managing my company through the rearview mirror. And that's just not helpful, right? And so stuff that's going on now and things that we've been doing with our customers are just, uh, it's neat to see that we can get that done and help them make good decisions going forward. I want to talk about outcomes for a minute because I, I, I'm hearing a, a trend from you of a lot of focus on that. And I, I worked early in my career for an MIT professor and he was focused on outcomes. He thought that there were really only three true business outcomes. There was growing revenue, making more money or increasing customer satisfaction. And I'm, I'm very curious what kind of trends you're seeing about the outcomes that customers are seeing or seeking as you're talking to them. Yeah. So that's interesting. We are, we are right. I mean, it's, it's always ever evolving. We're right in this mishmash of the pandemic, the supply chain piece, now the economy cooling off, purposefully so with the Fed and different things. And so we're right in the middle of all that. So it's kind of different across the board. But, you know, I found customer satisfaction, but we start there the money and the profitability and the growth come. You got to be strategic about it and savvy. But if you aren't, if you aren't truly getting customer satisfaction, I'm not in. I don't think that's a way to grow a business. So I do think we start there. But when you look at some of our customers and what they're looking for in this market, it's really interesting because you'll see different data that comes out in the industry. You'll see, okay, so because of what we see or we potentially see or fear or hear about the economy, we're going to reduce our technology spend. Okay, great. But then they are going to increase their spend and how do we make workers more productive? 
oftentimes it's technology that can help the workers be productive. And so it's a really weird time. And that's why we try not to get too wrapped up in whether it is the technology or it's the thing or the widget or whatever. What are you trying to accomplish, Mr. Customer, Mrs. Customer? And let us help you guide to that outcome. And it may be technology. It may be voice. It may not be. We find a lot of our customers come to us continually about things that aren't voice related at all. It's an outcome they're trying to get to. And we try to help them get there. I find that like predictability seems to be such a high goal for most companies that yes, you know, we want to have good relationships, but what drives those good relationships is being able to communicate and making sure we can set expectations and that we can get things done in the time that we tell people that we do. That may be indicative, you know, in a drought, all you want is water. It may be that with everything so uncertain, all they want is certainty. It would make total sense, right? And we do see that for sure. And I think that dependability is really important in any phase of business you're in. Totally. Well, well, tell me, tell me a little bit about what you're seeing from a like a HR perspective. I mean, a lot of the people I've been talking to have been saying that great resignation has caused a lot of turnover and turmoil. Are you seeing that in the distribution centers and the manufacturers that you guys work with? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you see salaries going up, right? I mean, that's to, to try to keep people. It's more than that. I mean, I think I think savvy managers and companies know that it's, it's more than just pay. It's the quality of work. And, you know, I ref- referenced that earlier. Look, all success in any company is about the people, right? How how satisfied a satisfied worker is a, is a productive worker, those kind of things. And so we are seeing folks paying a little more attention to the holistic look of the worker, which I think is fantastic at a moment in our society. And not everybody, and I'm not. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. I get it, but but you know, in the past. We spend a lot of time internally on on our people and the value our people bring and making sure they're flourishing in their roles and making adjustments to make sure that that's the case. And in conversations with prospects and customers through the years, not that it's fell on deaf ears, but it's not been as important. We're finding that much more important now. People are interested, okay, how can our workers be fulfilled? Is, is what we're talking about here, this solution, whether it be voice or anything, does it help our workers flourish? And that's fun to see that start happening. And I think it's good. I think it's good for the workers. I think it's good for the, the companies. I think it's good for the economy overall. I have a thesis that is that if you can technologically enable the team, that they're going to feel more happy in their job and more supported. And that solutions like what we're talking about with voice can actually drive people to stay around longer. It's no question. I, and I wish I had the study. I just read it the other day and I wish I had it to reference it properly. But it, it basically said just that. It was like workers want to know how they're performing and they want to be enabled to perform better. And obviously, there's some people that wouldn't want to perform great no matter what you paid them or how comfortable it was, whatever. That's, I mean, that's what we're talking about. Your typical workers, average workers, and your above average workers, they want to be productive. I think it's a human need. We all want to be productive and have good outcomes. And so when they can be enabled with either a technology or, or feedback in the process that can help them be better, they want that. Now, the trick is oftentimes companies will, will do that in a way where it's almost like tricking the worker to be more productive. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about giving the worker the information they need. And we do this over voice that, so that they can be more productive. And, and when you find that, that you bring average workers to above average workers because now they have a path to be be successful and it's pretty cool. There's a little bit of a dilemma in that you bring everybody to be above average, of course, you drag up the average too. So I don't know mathematically if that MIT professor that I was talking about would go with us, but I'm with you. Let's get everybody to be above average. Let's do it. I, I totally agree. So I was talking with a guest a couple episodes ago about some of the crazier projects that she's been involved with. And they're in a, a business that makes saws for concrete construction and stuff like that. And they've taken down some massively big buildings using this technology. I'm just wondering if there's any sort of like crazy customer stories you can share with us about sort of things that you guys have done that's that's really like, wow, that's amazing. 
So I'd like to say, absolutely, here's this wild, crazy thing. We've got customers who do cool stuff, but it's cool stuff in a niche that's maybe nerdy niche for us. I mean, it's right now, it's, it's distribution, it's assembly, it's the things that are pretty straightforward. They do NISA with, with giant warehouses, the multiple football fields long and do some cool stuff. But now, nah, I mean, by and large, it's pretty pick and shovel work. It's the grit that runs our economy and trying to get goods around the, the world. And so although it's cool to us, it may not be cool to most people listening on, on the podcast today. I, I think a lot of people on the podcast are into that kind of real work kind of thing. Like that, that's, a, that's a thing. And, but doing the day-to-day, super important, getting stuff packed and shipped. No money's going to be coming in unless we get that done. I can tell you that. I will tell you, there's, there's some really interesting stuff that we've been looking at. There, when you work with a customer for a while and they, you gain their trust as a trusted advisor, sometimes you get into projects that you just never would imagine. And so we've been into things with, with RFID in terms of tracking these differently and robotics, uh, augmented reality, all the things, all the buzzwords you hear uh, out in the world. Customers want to try them with you when they trust you. And so we've been into all kinds of things like that. And, it's, and it is really neat. But again, it's always about outcomes. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. Just like it's Spiro, right? You guys, you guys can do all kinds of stuff with your software. If it doesn't create value for your customers, you're not going to do it, right? And so it kind of comes down to that. I know a lot of folks listening, if they're in the industry, are, are maybe looking and even sometimes have some anxiety about what's the next technology that's going to come and, and our competitor is going to install it and wipe us out or whatever else. I mean, there's still a lot of folks using, what, 40-plus-year-old scanning technology. And it's still out there. And, vo- and voices is certainly a solid choice. But it's interesting to see as robotics comes around the corner and, and what that'll bring in augmented reality. Obviously, we see those as complementary technologies, just edge technologies to what an operation is already trying to do. If it, if it gets a little further ahead, great. But the reality is most operations today, that's still a bit of a reach from a financial perspective, from a technological perspective. But that's where I really love what we're doing in the space we're in because voice is really on that path to automation. It gets people there. It's a pretty simple implementation. And now they're on the path and they can begin to make those upgrades to to be on the technological path, whatever it may be on that path automation. So I was going to ask you about what you were seeing in the future coming up for voice or like, can you listen to what's going on and pick up clues from the sounds, the ambient sounds that are going on? Where do you see the future of this kind of technology? Yeah, it's a good call because there is that mix of privacy. So we we make sure we aren't violating anybody's privacy by trying to listen in too much or anything. It's really about a command back and forth of just specific commands we're listening for. That said, there's certainly trends in the data. You already mentioned it in terms of the insightful kind of data that's pulled in. You plugged in, again, more buzzwords, AI. You plug that into things. Does this help better decision-making on the floor where you place your, your products on your distribution floor or, or from a manufacturing perspective at where the goods, the raw materials coming in on time? All those things are really interesting. And so I, I think when we look at where it's going, it's hard to look past robotics and think that there's some play there. And it's certainly happening in the industry on a, on a smaller scale than it sounds like, but it's certainly happening. Again, the, the augmented reality stuff's exciting to me. Um, we're, we're not there yet from a from a, a technology standpoint, honestly, but it's getting there. And I think that's that's the kind of stuff that's exciting. But really, that data piece that you mentioned, that's probably going to bring the biggest impact, which sounds silly because everybody's all excited about the hardware stuff. But it's probably that that will make the biggest difference. But man, Adam, again, it all comes down to people. It's still, regardless of all this, this exciting stuff and the lights and how bright they get, it's still, are we making, are we helping the worker be more more productive, more effective at their job? So if the predictive and analytics just provide a report, then who cares? We, we got to help people get their jobs done. I'm totally with you on that. I mean, I've, I've been personally feeling like, you know, there's been a lot of investment in like smart manufacturing and things like that. And 
are we really getting the return on it yet? Do we just have to, you know, keep pressing or is it, you know, something else we need to focus on? I, I think it's a bit of an open question personally. So it is. And I think the more you lean, you either go through the door or you, you fall to the side and go through the window. I mean, you get, you get there, right? You keep pressing forward. And, you know, certainly there are, you look at their manufacturing plants, whereas today, like you say, the smart, or lights out, lights out distribution centers where there aren't people in them, but there are people that are, are affected by that on one end or the other. And again, you're trying to create, create better outcomes there. And so I, I think we just, we just got to keep leaning forward, but keep outcomes in mind. At least that's what we try to do. And it's served us well so far and served our customers well. And that's, that'll be continue to be our mantra until something tells me it isn't the effective one. Gotcha. Leaning forward, but not falling out the window. I think you said, I love that. I'm, I think we're going to have to use that for now. That's awesome. Alex, this, this has been excellent. I, I really, really appreciate your coming on the podcast. I, you know, talking about voice and how it can really help folks, fantastic. But I think even more, this conversation that we had about outcomes and how everybody, every business should really just be focused on what are their customers trying to achieve and how do we help them get there? That's the mission of every business, you know, and it's, I'm so happy you brought that up because it does get lost in the shuffle. This, this has been super great. Really appreciate that. Hey, so just as a reminder to everybody here, you can find every episode of the Make It, Move It, Sell It podcast at spiro.ai backslash podcast. Be sure to subscribe. And I don't know if you thought Alex made any sense here, if you like leaning out of the window, but not falling in or whatever the heck he just said, maybe, you know, give us a (laughs) thumbs up or a nice review. I don't know, Alex, you think people should do that? They should totally do that. Oh, yeah. Why not? Come on. What's it going to cost you? Nothing. (laughs) It'll create great outcomes. Do it. (laughs) There we go. Even if you just got something from the outcomes part of the discussion, you should do that. But thanks, everybody, for turning in. And we're looking forward to seeing you on the next episode. 